What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com, a Lakers community. I am Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Brood. Big news on the Lakers front today, and we'll start off with it because it is the biggest news that came out today. Anthony Davis is opting out of his contract (laughs) with the Lakers, according to a report by Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. Um, Is there anything that Anything else that happened today that you think could have prompted this decision by Anthony Davis, which clearly states that he's going to leave the Lakers to become a net with James Harden and, I don't know, let's just throw Giannis Antetokounmpo in there. (laughs) They can all fit under the cap somehow. Uh, They're going to build a super team up in Brooklyn. Yeah, that was right before we went live. Chris Haynes tweeted it. Um, I am sure... Everybody is aware. I will give the Lakers fan base credit. He is not going anywhere. He is doing this to sign a max of some form, uh, whether it's a two plus one or a four or five year max. Um, one of those. Yeah, don't worry. Unless he, I don't think he's this upset about the other thing that happened with the Lakers today. Yeah, so in case you were asleep like I was when the news broke uh, and just haven't been on Twitter since, the Lakers are in talks, and I'd I'd even go as far as to say the deal is done, to trade Danny Green in the number 28 pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Dennis Schroeder, who was a six-man-of-the-year candidate just last season had the season of of his life averaged uh 18.9 points per game on uh 46.9 shooting from the field and 38.5 percent shooting from behind the arc the latter of which is a career high for him both in percentage and attempts which five attempts per game by all accounts a great season for dennis schroeder and yet here I am on this hill of mine, not sure it was a home run for the Lakers. As I said on Twitter, I think that you were just upset that you can no longer <laughs> put Danny Green into the trade machine and pull off all these wild trades for who knows what. Because this effectively takes – I don't even want to say effectively. This takes the Lakers yeah. out of any other trades for any other – player of any worth DeMar DeRozan which seemed like it had a lot of steam right. this last week uh that's done Victor Oladipo um that's done any number of those trades that you've seen Chris Paul that one's done um this this is the trade that the Lakers uh could the big trade for a big money player that the Lakers could make um now if you shape it that way uh it may seem a little disappointing but i think i have a much different viewpoint on it i think it's a a good deal for the lakers 
Um, well, for one, Dennis Schroeder actually shot better from three last year than yeah. Danny Green on roughly the same attempts. Uh, Schroeder attempted 325 threes. Danny Green attempted 327. Um, that... That's it. I mean, you don't lose anything in terms of three-point shooting. Obviously, where you're going to lose value is on the defensive end, which I do think there – and I tweeted that this morning. I do think there are valid concerns about what this does defensively. This puts a lot more pressure on the front office to get some type of wing defender – um, in the free agency market now. Like, it's an absolute necessity because Danny Green was that guy last season. Um, but those problems, I think, are offset by the fact that Dennis Schroeder is exactly what we needed in terms of a ball-handling shot creator. It's exactly what we needed all season. And the only reason we didn't end up needing it in the playoffs is because Rajon Rondo became – right playoff rondo and i think the lakers were not comfortable relying on an absurd playoff rondo performance again so they went out and got someone that they could count on that could be more dependable i want to touch on a few things you said the first is the lakers being completely out of the derozan oladipo sweepstakes and i think that is uh, upon reading the news is what stood out to me the most um I think what probably happened, and we've gotten reports that have said as much, is the Lakers kicked tires on a few deals, uh, most notably a deal for Eric Bledsoe with the Milwaukee Bucks. There's obviously the clutch connection there. It's a move I expected them to make if if the Bucks dangled Eric Bledsoe. I do not know what happened there, but the trade didn't end up happening. I think you and I as NBA fans, we look at – Eric Bledsoe and Dennis Schroeder as players. And I think you'd rather have Dennis Schroeder than Eric Bledsoe. Um, yes. Just like it, when it comes to valuing a player in the trade market, when you couple Eric Bledsoe's recent production and the years he has left on his contract, you imagine Dennis Schroeder would cost more. So uh, the fact that they didn't pull the trigger on that trade either tells me the Bucks are overvaluing, overvaluing Eric Bledsoe or the Lakers found in talking to the Thunder that they could get Dennis Schroeder for what they were offering for Eric Bledsoe. Regardless of what happened, it's clear they kicked tires on a few deals, whether it was for Bledsoe, DeRozan, um, other guys, and, and they found that the best deal they could do for what they were willing to give up was Dennis Schroeder. Now, the question I have before we get into any trade grades, talk about Schroeder as a player, anything like that, is could the Lakers have done more with what they had? Um, and I guess that's really not a question for us to answer. So I, I'll frame it this way. Should the Lakers have made more available for a bigger player, or is this around? where the comfort zone where you wanted them to trade and, and the assets you wanted them to give up in this window. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty comfortable with this trade. You, they just won a title. Like we, yeah. you and I have joked about it a lot. 
I was hesitant to even start talking about free agency. But in that regard, you don't need a massive shakeup when you just won a title. Um, so I would have honestly been a little more I put off or I don't want to say pessimistic if they had traded a whole bunch of the pieces to the team that just won the title. Um, so in that regard, I'm fine with basically a one-for-one swap in swapping out guards. I I mean, the other thing, which I'm sure we'll talk about too, is that it sounds like Rondo's gone as well. Right. Um, so Schroeder is effectively your Rondo replacement, but could they or should they have gotten more? Um, I it's fun to to think about the big stars. Actually, I was this morning before this trade even happened. Um, something came across my timeline. It was a Victor Oladipo highlight of last season, and I started watching Victor Oladipo like highlight <laughs> videos this morning, and I was slowly kind of talking myself into it, and thinking about what the best case scenario for that would be and how much fun that could be. So naturally um, that goes out the window about within two hours of that, of me watching those videos. Um, As fun as it is to think about those types of deals, all these trades are also two way streets. Um, Maybe the Lakers wanted to do more with what they had, but the Pacers wanted too much. We know the Spurs just flat out don't like dealing with the with the <laughs> Lakers. Like Popovich hates them, so um, I would imagine that price was probably pretty steep. And you mentioned Bledsoe. Who knows what they were asking for 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 Bledsoe, and that also I believe eats into the cap next season, which was probably a big no no. So. I get that Schroeder isn't the kind of pie in the sky that we were all thinking about for the last week or two weeks. Um, I still think he's a very valuable player and he fills a need for the Lakers that this team had and will have um, this summer. I think, I think it's great that the Lakers are this aggressive at improving their team within I mean, it's been like a month since we won the title. Yeah, I think it um, is a month and a few days. Yeah, um, so like- <laughs> I, I'm impressed with how aggressive that they were at how aggressive Polinka was at identifying a weakness and going out and not being afraid to fix it just because we won a title. Yeah, I, I, I like I said in the, the story I wrote up for Silver Screen and Roll, if you had your money on the reigning champions making the first splashy move of the NBA offseason. Congratulations. Collect your money and go spend it on a PS5. Uh, if you can find one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. go find one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think if you look at the overall package, what the Lakers gave up and what they got um, in a vacuum, Danny Green had an underwhelming season, as impactful as he was on the defensive end. The thing that makes him... That the thing that made him the most attractive to the Lakers was that combination of three-point shooting and defense. Shot above 45% from three-point line in the season prior. Uh, I don't think anybody complained about the contract he got from the Lakers last summer. I, I think he absolutely earned it. And 
he was a valuable piece of the championship team on the defensive end for a team that hung their hat on the defensive end. I think Danny Green embodied everything they stood for on that end, and that was especially true when Avery Bradley opted out of the, the season in Orlando. The 28th pick in a, in a year where you're not doing as extensive scouting as you mm-hmm. usually would, and if we're being honest, in, in a draft that isn't as deep as, as drafts in, in years past, Danny Green in the number 28 pick for a guy who, again, was a sixth man of the year candidate, uh, had a career year on both ends of the floor, which we'll, which we'll get into in a second here. Um, and it, it just looked good. He's a good player. You're getting a good player for two assets uh, that, you know, were kind of afterthoughts to Lakers fans. There, there's a reason people like me were throwing Danny Green in the 28th pick in a, in a handful of trade packages because they were seen as expendable, at least more so than any, any, every other piece on the roster. All that being said, I think it's a little more complex than that uh, when it comes to just trading piece for piece. Uh, you talked about him being an upgrade over Rondo. I think that's a great way to look at it, but that is not the, – the Lakers didn't trade Rondo for Shooter. If they did, we'd all yeah. be throwing uh, a, a party like the Lakers did in Vegas after they won the championship. <laughs> uh, so when we get back from the break, we will get into the Dennis Schroeder trade. Uh, and, and uh, everything it means for the Lakers. Dennis Schroeder will be wearing the purple and gold next season, which feels weird to say out loud. That's the first time I've said it out loud. Um, there have been some random players to play for the Lakers in recent years. Rondo is honestly one of them. <laughs> He's way up there. He looked really weird in the Lakers jersey the first I mean, hell, the first whole season he played, it was still odd as hell watching him hit a game winner in Boston. And But if there's any time for a shooter to be wearing a, a Lakers uniform, it should be the year after he he had just a, a bonkers year with the Thunder. The Thunder had Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Dennis Schroeder, and that three-guard lineup was just disgusting mm-hmm. in the best way possible throughout the season. And... I don't know that the Lakers will be able to replicate that because <laughs> they don't have a Chris Paul on their roster. They have LeBron James, which is pretty good. Um, but here's here's my thing with Schroeder. For all of the reasons Danny Green earned his contract last season and Lakers fans were hyped on him, I think the same can be said about Dennis Schroeder. He's coming off of a career year. There's plenty of reasons to be excited. The difference between Schroeder and Danny Green to me is Danny Green had a career's worth of being a proven three-point shooter and defender. And even when his three-point shooting failed, his defense was there for the Lakers when they needed it the most. My question for Dennis Schroeder is, was this last season a blip? Because... If you look at his career as a whole, it is in terms of shooting percentage, in terms of defensive impact. uh, This was an outlier of sorts for him. And if it is that, if his shooting doesn't follow him to Los Angeles, if he is somebody you can't play down the stretch because of his defense again, is what he brings on or what he's brought in every other season 
ball handling, the ability to attack the rim, to the ability to beat guys off of the dribble with this speed. Does that make him more valuable to this team than Danny Green was even in his worst season? It's going to be – it's an interesting question because really you're selling low on Danny Green and buying high on Dennis Schroeder. Um, and maybe the Lakers feel that even the – maybe not the worst version, but the lesser versions of Schroeder is still um, a positive impact player. I, they they must feel that way, obviously, or they wouldn't have done this trade. Right. Um so it's a fair argument to make. I think back, I mean, it, it's hard to, it's hard to think back that long ago, but back in January and February, uh, when we were discussing whether Darren Collison would come, he in a lot of ways is the player that Dennis Schroeder is. Um, we were talking about how valuable Darren Collison would be to this team as a shot creator as somebody that can handle the ball when, or so that LeBron doesn't have to as much, um, and somebody that can knock down threes. All those things were what we used to describe Darren Collison, and eventually he, I guess, was wine and dined it enough and decided <laughs> that he was going to go back to free agency. But, uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, Dennis Schroeder is that player, and we kind of – I don't want to say forgot about that being a hole in the roster, but we didn't worry about it as much in the playoffs because Rondo became that player. Yeah. Um, that's, that still was a hole on this team. And I don't know that the Lakers could have afforded to do another 72 game season of Rondo just once every, every other week or so showing up with a huge game and then hoping he goes off in the playoffs again. Um, I know I keep bringing up Rondo and we're, we're supposed to be talking about Danny Green, but that's just kind of how it feels to me. And when, when looking at this, I wasn't, I was really high on Danny Green last off season. I thought that was a absolutely perfect player to put next to LeBron and AD. Yeah. Um, he never ended up being the shooter that we needed him to be. Um, he shot, like I said earlier, or I don't know if I said he shot 36.7% from three um, for $15 million a year with that being the thing really he needs to do offensively. I think he needs to shoot better than that. And even then he was the second best shooter on the Lakers. Um, So it was always kind of a mixed bag too, because I know a lot of people were frustrated with Danny Green in the playoffs because of his shooting. But at the same time, he found himself at the top of all of those net rating uh, leaderboards in the playoffs. He had an absurd net rating. Um, And that was despite shooting. I was trying to pull it up here. 33.9% in the playoffs. Um, It was a question of was his net rating that high because he basically played all of his minutes with LeBron and AD or was it high because he because of him yeah i think it's probably somewhere in the middle ultimately the lakers felt that they could replace him with someone on the open market which 
I mean, they, like I said, they absolutely have to do that now. Um, pretty much immediately after this trade went down, the Wesley Matthews name came up, I believe, from Mark Stein as somebody the Lakers are going to target. I would say if you take if you go from Rondo and Danny Green to Schroeder and Wes Matthews, I think that's a pretty clear upgrade. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I think you hit the nail right on the head. If my feelings about this trade, and I, I want to make it clear, I, I do not hate this trade. I am lukewarm on this trade because I am skeptical that Dennis Schroeder will be able to replicate his production from last season. And if he can't do that, if he can't do exactly that, what was that? Let me jump in real quick because literally as we're recording this, Wes Matthews just declined his player option. Which is notable because if you're operating under the assumption that Wesley Matthews is signing the veterans minimum, why wouldn't he just opt into the second year with Milwaukee if he's going to sign? So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I think Wesley Matthews would be a perfect substitute for Danny Green. I don't think you can do much better, especially not for that price. The Lakers aren't going to have much cap room to work with. And with the contracts they have on the roster currently, uh, they're not going to make too I They don't have the contracts to send out to make a move for like somebody that I think is even worth making a move for. I think if you stack the contracts of Kuzma, Avery, Bradley, JaVale McGee, and Quinn Cook, you may be able to get into the market uh, for Kelly Oubre. I know there were some reports floating around that the Thunder would not want Oubre if they made that trade for Chris Paul. So maybe maybe the Thunder get involved, or sorry, maybe the Suns get involved in a three-team deal with the Lakers and Thunder, and, and the Lakers send out those contracts for Oubre. I don't know if I'd do that deal, and here's why. To go back to the point about Schroeder. I think Schroeder was in a perfect situation with the Thunder last season. He was around guards that can shoot the ball some, defend some, and um, really the only job he had when he was on the court was to get buckets. And he's very good at that because he's a quick guard, shifty, knows how to get to the basket. And that's been the scattering report on him since he's been in the league. The reason he's been kind of undervalued as a prospect and hasn't taken that leap is because of his three-point shooting and his defense. The defense stands out the most, in my opinion. Uh, I think there's only been two seasons in the league where he's had a positive defensive uh, plus-minus. And both of them, I believe, let me just double-check on this. Uh, Yeah, so, sorry. He has never had a season with a a positive defensive box plus-minus. He posted a negative 0.7 defensive box plus minus this past season. His career high as a negative 0.4. So there's improvement on that end if you want to look at it that way. Uh, I believe negative 0.7 is still slightly above league average, which is, you know, fine. The The, the big question for me and the reason I think it, it – hinges upon the Lakers signing Wesley Matthews so much is I think if you have somebody of Wesley Matthews stature, you can live with what Dennis Schroeder doesn't bring, or you can live with him having off nights, even if he doesn't have like an off season. I think Wesley Matthews is somebody that 
can play defense at a really high level. If you look at his defensive metrics with the Milwaukee Bucks, it is nuts. He was essentially the Lakers' um, Danny. He, he was essentially the Bucks' Danny Green. When you look at his metrics, had the second highest defensive rating when he was on the court, um, outside of Giannis Antetokounmpo, who just won Defensive Player of the Year, and also had the pretty second good highest. Guy to finish second too. What was that? That's a pretty good guy to finish second. <laughs> uh, and. Yeah, I I just think there's a lot to like about Wesley Matthews. I would I would love him on the roster. Um, and I want to I was gonna throw a couple uh, Schroeder stats out here that I had seen today. Well, one thing we keep comparing him to Rondo. You mentioned his defensive box plus minus. Last season, Rondo was actually a minus 0.1 defensive box plus minus. The difference is in the regular season, at least, Rondo was a minus 1.2 on offense box plus minus, and Schroeder was a plus 1.1. Yeah. Um, Those numbers are probably, I haven't looked, but probably wildly different in the postseason. Yeah, good Lord. (laughs) Rondo's box defensive box plus minus and the postseason was plus 2.2 <laughs> um and yeah as you said league average is like slightly negative so that's silly um there's a, a couple things i mean we, we've kind of talked about a little bit about what schroeder is but on like catch and shoots last year which is something he's going to be doing a lot of i would imagine he was an 83rd percentile a catch and shoot player on 224 attempts, which is a pretty, pretty sizable sample size. Um, he shot 44.2% on those catch and shoots. Um, he's adept at running the pick and roll, which we saw Rondo do a lot with uh, Anthony Davis last season. Um, the difference is he can get to the basket and be a threat that way. Uh, last season, he shot 63% at the rim, which was in the 73rd percentile. Uh, that was according to Cleaning the Glass. And again, 246 attempts at the rim as well. So a pretty sizable sample size there. Um, pick and roll was by far his most common play type. Um 472 possessions of it. He was in the 51st percentile, which is actually ranked rated as good. Um, So a little slightly above average, basically. And like I said, he's a threat to get to the rim. He's a threat to pull up. He's just a better offensive threat than what Rondo was, which I think is going to matter because a lot of time, I mean, obviously it's going to matter, but Think about last season, how much we attributed like Kyle Kuzma's poor play to the fact that his minutes were tied almost directly to Rondo's and how poor Rondo was at doing everything. Now defenses have to respect Schroeder when he's out there, when they never had to respect Rondo, even in the playoffs when Rondo, I don't know ultimately what he shot in the playoffs. It felt like 60% from three. Um (laughs) He shot 40% from three. Even 
during the playoffs when he's doing that, he had no gravity, which still kept the floor compacted, and he had to hit those shots. Now the def- er, defenses have to respect Schroeder, and that opens up the floor even more. So maybe there's more room for Kuzma to get to the rim or to cut and there not be a help defender right there. Um, things like that. Uh, Schroeder was considered 77th percentile on spot-ups. Um, he was really good at attacking the rim out of those spot-ups if the defense closed out hard. I think the the last thing, too, is what you and I talked about last week when we were discussing free agents and, their, and who would fit where and whatnot is that – there weren't any point guards as you and I discussed. And it seemed like it seemed at the time that Rondo was gone and reading everything now. Um, I was trying to think of who's reported it today. I know Nick Wright said something, which I don't know how great his sourcing is, but there's been multiple people that have said Rondo's probably priced, priced his way out of Los yeah, Angeles. For sure. And you and I discussed how dire that point guard market got pretty quickly with the free agents. So I would imagine that the Lakers had some of the similar discussions and decided that they were better off swapping out Danny Green for Schroeder to try to get someone to replace Rondo once they realized Rondo was going to price his way out of L.A. and that was a decision they made, especially considering – we also discussed all of the wing options that they could get for cheap. Um, or as well, this opened up a little bit of money for the Lakers ultimately between uh, what they would have to pay that first round pick and what they owed Danny Green. They saved, I think it's just shy of $2 million, which is going to matter because that could allow them to use the full mid-level exception on someone like a Jeremy Grant, who we talked a lot about last week, or split it up and pay someone like a Jay Crowder and a give some to Wesley Matthews, stuff like that. So ultimately, I think the Lakers probably looked at the market and realized it was easier to find a wing to replace Danny Green than it was to find a guard to replace Rondo. And that went into their thinking and making this trade. Yeah, I... Again, I'm with you. I have looked at all of the positives, um, and maybe it's because I'm just a pessimist by nature, but <laughs> the thing, the one stat that stood out to me today when I was looking at Dennis Schroeder's stats is his career three-point percentage is 33.7%. Danny Green shot 33.9% in the playoffs. So... Again, when you talk, you're, buy, you're buying high on Dennis Schroeder, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> it is uh, – I mean, they have every reason to be confident that he's going to be impactful. I think he will, uh, especially compared to the likes of, like, DJ August, Augustine, Austin Rivers, and even, even Rondo. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is ultimately the right call. I think how effective he is, his ceiling with the team is going to be dependent on the units he plays with. I don't know if I'd start him alongside LeBron James. I think his best role on this team is probably when LeBron isn't on the floor, which if you were to buy into any of the 
you know, lighthearted comments LeBron James has made this offseason. He is not excited about the the league starting back up so soon. I think he will be load managed. Mm-hmm. And on nights where he is load managed and you need somebody to create offense that isn't him, Schroeder is somebody you want on the floor. He's somebody that can get you 20 points per game on any given night. And if he gets something out of Kuzma that Rondo couldn't because of the sheer amount of gravity he has or just his the, the chemistry they build, I think that's awesome. Units and just how much he brings to the table are the two things I'm going to be watching for. If there's one thing that I'm confident Dennis Schroeder will bring to the Lakers next season, it's scoring. In order for me to feel really good about this trade outside of Wesley Matthews signing or them being able to replace Danny Green with somebody comparable outside of that. The thing that would make me feel really good is him providing at least one other thing outside of that outside of offense, whether it's or outside of getting to the rim, I should say, whether that's shooting or defense or shooting and defense, that's, I think going to be the difference between me being meh or just like, you know, okay on this trade and being really, really high on this trade. If, if Schroeder is the exact same player he was with the Thunder last season, I think this is a home run for the Lakers. And, um, you know, if, if he, if he does have another great season, the Lakers find themselves in a good problem in 2021 with, with having to give him a new contract. Uh, and also, one thing I completely glossed over this morning is who he shares agents with. I don't think Dennis Schroeder will be the KCP to Giannis uh, more so than Costas. If it, if there is, if he is, I think uh, there's some issues there that need to be sorted out, but yeah, I, I think that's another very small detail that went in went into their decision. I ultimately think Giannis signs to Supermax this summer. I don't even know why we're talking about this, but it is notable. So overall, I honestly had no idea that they yeah. do they share an agent. <laughs> yeah, they do. I did, I honestly did not know that they, they are represented. No, I am all the way in. It worked last time we did this and got <laughs> there's a hundred percent success rate. Uh, before we head out, I want to touch on a few things. Um, you mentioned the Nick Wright report, um, him potentially going to the Atlanta Hawks, which makes sense. They have some cap space. They've needed a point guard for a little while. I guess Jeff T just doesn't get it done anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about the fit there, but he has certainly shown that he is capable of being a good veteran in a young locker room. And the Atlanta Hawks certainly qualify as a young locker room. (laughs) That's interesting too, because Atlanta was the team. A lot of people mentioned for KCP. Um, Now they're going to probably, they're going to have a lot of cap room. Theoretically they could sign Rondo and KCP. um, But I would certainly be surprised if they did that, given who their young players are. So if their eyes are set more on Rondo, then that's one less suitor for KCP this offseason as well. The, the other question I have for you is, 
in regards to KCP, um, if you're the Lakers and you're going after Wesley Matthews, do you start KCP and Wesley Matthews in the backcourt and just live with that? And if that's the case, what happens to Avery Bradley? Oh, there, there's certainly still a lot of things that they have to figure out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was surprised uh, at the Avery Bradley news this week and b- the fact that he, he was considering what to do with his uh, player option. To me, it seemed like an easy opt-in and make that money. That that being said, I mean, he did have a good season last year with the Lakers. Um, maybe he thinks he can get more long-term money somewhere. Um, we've talked about how – I've talked about basically how I feel Avery Bradley is probably the most expendable player on the roster. So if he opts out, honestly, that's a huge boost because that just gives them more financial flexibility. Right. Um, it allows them to re-sign guys and absolutely use the full mid-level on someone. Um, I would say trading away Danny Green means that the Lakers probably have a really good feeling that they're going to be able to bring back KCP. Yeah. Because that's absolutely imperative now. Um, so if they bring back KCP, they have Wes Matthews, they have – Bradley Caruso and Schroeder. Uh, um, it'd be really hard to man. That's that's actually interesting. I don't. It'd be hard to bench KCP after how good he was in the playoffs and in the finals, even though that was the role he had um, for much of the regular season when Avery Bradley was healthy. So. I would probably start KCP and Wes Matthews and probably have Schroeder as the sixth man in a role he's very familiar with come in for one of those guys. Um, and then you can kind of stagger minutes from there on out. The, the Lakers still have a lot of guards and kind of a too many guards basically. Cause I also think THT can and should yeah. get minutes next season. Um, in some ways it's a good problem to have in a season where they will have a month off for two months off before playing a compacted 72 game schedule. Um, but in this scenario, I would say KCP West Matthew start, and then it's probably Schroeder Caruso Bradley off the bench in that order, which would be tough on Avery Bradley because, he had a good season, but ultimately the fact that he wasn't in the playoff or wasn't in the bubble, which he had every right to not go, and I, I think everybody supported it, but the fact that he wasn't there may have cost him in regards to where he'll fall in the Lakers rotation. Yeah. I I don't want to get too spicy because we're just about to sign off, but I will say this. I think given their situation with the full mid-level exception and the cluster of guards they're expected to have, I think the Lakers are kind of hoping Avery Bradley opts out at this point. Oh, I don't think not, that's spicy at all. I think that they – I bet – I think that they do and probably should hope that he opts out because that 
helps them in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's not just financially and from a roster construction. Right. It's not sourced at all. It is just my gut feeling um, because I think it is easier to just cut ties with him in free agency than it would be to trade him. Uh, Maybe that's how they get their second round pick. That's the only other move I could see the Lakers making is buying or trading for a second round pick. Um, But I mean, beyond that, I think, I think we're about done here with, uh, with splashy moves. I think it's, it's, too much excitement. My first day back from vacation, <laughs> there's this humongous trade. Um, you didn't want to play any uh, PlayStation 5 today anyway. Right? <laughs> uh, but that'll do it uh, for this week's show, unless you have any final thoughts, Jacob. Um, I will just say as well, don't be surprised if the Lakers buy a second-round pick on uh, Wednesday like they did last year. Um the they still trust the scouting department and i hadn't really thought of trading avery bradley for a second round pick you'd have to find the right situation but i think he does have positive trade value because he's especially because he's an expiring deal and a cheap deal so i still expect the lakers to make a pick on wednesday as well somehow well until then uh i think Harrison and I will be with you on the day of the draft or the day after the draft. Uh, Regardless, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Let us know what you think about the Dennis Schroeder trade on Twitter and obviously subscribe to uh, the Silver Screen World Podcast Network. We will see you all next week.